0: This is the SFF Audio Podcast.
1: Hi, I'm Misa, the creator of the Destiny of Special Agent Ace Galaxy sci-fi satire audio drama.
0: And I'm Julie Hoverson, the creator of 19 Nocturne Boulevard, which has been podcasting on and off since 2008 anthology series, <laughs> as well as Fatal Girl and the Deadeye Kid and a few other things.
1: <laughs> so many wonderful things. So and, many things. And our audio dramatize are important here today because we're here to talk about Echoverse, a podcast studio focusing on science fiction, supernatural, and fantasy audio experiences. And we are very pleased to be joined by Mark Stern, former president of original content at Sci-Fi and current president of Heckover EchoVerse. EchoVerse. EchoVerse.
2: <laughs> uh, you do it so much better than I do it. You make it sound so much more exciting than I make it.
0: <laughs> I like your website. I was looking it over there and now I'm assuming that you're, 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 this is, this is a fresh new, um, endeavor that you haven't yet put out anything. Do you have any hints for what kind of stuff you're going to start with?
2: Yeah, we're, we're just about five months old. So we still have that kind of fresh studio smell. Um, Mm -hmm. Uh, we are deep in our development. We have about two dozen things in development right now. Um, uh, we announced, I think about eight of them. Um, Uh, over the summer, and so obviously there's a bunch more in the hopper that um, we're working on. Um, We really span the gamut. I mean, I think our our real uh, um, focus has been on making sure that we are um, really working with all different levels of talent and really fully exploring all the various uh, genres and subgenres of speculative fiction. So as you say, although I'm not going to say it as colorfully as you, science fiction, fantasy, supernatural... Uh, and horror, um, and so really trying to dive deep um, uh, into all those various iterations because um, you know that's what's exciting to me is the ability to really break out and and not go uh, in traditional places.
1: What made you veer off out of TV land into audio land?
2: Um, TV land has gotten very fraught. Uh, um, you know, it's interesting having spent. Uh, the bulk of my career in television uh, on kind of all sides. You know, I was an exec producer writer before I uh, joined sci-fi as a network executive and then became a studio, uh, a TV studio executive after that. Um, And, uh, you know, television is an amazing, obviously peak TV. I don't think we're ever not going to have peak TV, uh, but weirdly the more that's being produced actually strangely the harder it is to get things made because there's so much more competition and you need big names now and what's the hook that's gonna break through all that television um, that was already growing when I uh, left um, sci-fi um, uh, but it's only gotten harder and so uh, for me the reason I'm in this business is to make things like I'm I the creative process is what excites me I, I mean I think I don't I'm not unique in that. I think I, that's why we're all in this business. But mm-hmm. uh, where television used to be uh, much easier in terms of being able to just make cool things and the writer is king and all those great things, um, it's now also become much more about packaging and the right talent mix and this and that and things that just are not necessarily about the material. So audio, I, I really feel like audio is that next frontier. It really reminds me of, When I got involved in um, Basic Cable on the network side in in the early aughts, um, it had that same vibe of like a bit of the Wild West. You can kind of do lots of different things. Um, No one was really necessarily paying attention. The uh, economics were right. And I think that the same is true of audio. Like there's just so much opportunity out there. It's also very exciting to me to find a whole different way of telling story. Um, Audio is so demanding, um, and easily dismissed. I think there is this faction that thinks, oh, it's just television with the lights off, and it is definitely not so that.
0: Not. <laughs> so far away from that.
2: <laughs>
0: there are things we, that are so hard to describe without words. Indeed,
2: indeed. Yeah. Um, and especially when you're talking about big science fiction-y worlds and landscapes. And, um, and so we spent about a year just going to school on... Who's doing it well? How are they doing it? What are the rules of audio versus television? what What does change? Some of it very intuitive. Some of it not necessarily so intuitive. Um, and kind of created our own list of like top twenty podcasts that we really admire that we think demonstrate all the different ways you can tell a story.
1: What were some and, of your What were some of them? Your top. 20? Oh wow! Was um, in there?
2: Well, for instance, it goes from within the wires, which is telling a story through self-help tapes, um, yeah. you know, to, I've got my list right here, actually, um, to the maybe more traditional uh, um, shows like um, uh, the case of Charles Dexter Ward or, or even Limetown. Obviously, um, Homecoming as kind of the, the one that k- kind of kicked the whole thing off, I think was amazing because it showed how you can jump time in a narrative, even in the first 10 minutes of that narrative. Yeah. And as long as you're really clear and come in in the right uh, way, it, we're with you. Um, uh, I w- we were also incredibly inspired. There's a British, uh, and of course the Brits, who, who really never left mm-hmm. uh, audio yeah. drama. Yeah. When we all abandoned radio dramas uh, in the 50s and went to television, mm-hmm. you know, the Brits were still doing it. So, so the UK still, I think, has tremendous audio talent Uh, We were very inspired by a show called Forest 404, uh, which is put out by BBC Sounds and um, was a big deal actually over in the UK uh, in that space. But it it demonstrated that you could tell a big scope sci-fi action drama, post-apocalyptic world um, through three very personal points of view, three women's perspectives, Mm -hmm. and it worked. And that was kind of um, a revelation for us where it's like, oh, we can go anywhere and do anything if they can make this work. It also had some amazing soundscapes. It it, um, it had a great uh, attendant uh, companion content that you could also listen to that was either commentary about, because it had an environmental theme. So you could listen to commentary about the themes of the show, listen to the soundscapes that were created. And so that's also a big part of what we were excited about doing as well, which is, of course, you'll be able to listen to our podcast anywhere. Yeah. But if you want to know more, if you want to read the book, if you want to see the you know, read the look at the graphic novel, or even just watch video of people, uh, the performers recording the session, you can come to our website or eventually, uh, hopefully, our app and really dive deep. Because again, this audience, the genre audience, loves that.
1: It's super fun. Yeah, everybody loves getting involved with all the aspects of it.
2: Yeah, and we want to uh, we want to give them an outlet to do that
0: hmm Very cool. I I uh challenge you to listen to one more show that I'll bet's not on your list because it's uh kind of it's 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 an odd maverick. It's been going on for ages but it only comes out sparingly. Edict Zero.
2: Oh, I haven't heard Edict, of that one.
0: Edict Zero F I S. Hard sci fi, start from the beginning. It's it's real interesting. Massive soundscapes. It's all done by one guy, plus actors. Obviously, I mean, that's I would great. challenge you to listen to mine, but that would yeah. sound solipsistic. <laughs>
2: all right, that's okay. You can be as solipsistic as you like.
0: Listen to my episode, "The Rookie." Then I can okay. send you a link. "The Rookie" on Nineteen Nocturne Boulevard. Love it. Mine's okay, an anthology. All my episodes. <laughs> <laughs>
2: We're going to have sidebar.
0: <laughs> I, I do actually have a, a, a question for you that's a little challenging. What have you got for women in the 40 to 70 range? I mean, right now, that's one of the big things that keeps coming up in Hollywood is you've got actresses. I mean, and obviously, one of the brilliant things about audio is any of us can play whatever age we can sound like. Right. And that's really nice. Yeah. But, but you know, I mean, there's a huge amount of talent in that range, and they're just gasping for good scripts.
2: Yes. Uh, I mean, it, what I love about that question is um, when I talk, and as I mentioned, you know, we're working with uh, podcasting talent and and brand-new voices, but also, uh, you know, well-known uh, TV writers and showrunners and uh, and obviously um, agents and managers and you know people from our television world and one of the first questions we generally get from them is well what 's your demographic and who are you trying to reach and who 's your audience because that 's very much the focus on television right is like who are you trying to shave off and get to watch this and that question I find to be um, much less relevant to us. Uh, we really are excited about being able to reach out, obviously. Uh, There's a lot of growth in audio drama, um, a lot of it being driven by uh, a bit of a younger demographic, but so what? And being able to tell great stories without the concern or the convention of like the particular audience demographic or psychographic or whatever you're trying to reach is another reason I love audio um, uh, is it gives you that freedom. We're definitely focused on, uh, and I mentioned Force 404, which is, uh, a story told from not just, uh, a solely female perspective, but also multi-generationally. Um, we're very excited about, um, working with, um, diverse writers and diverse perspectives, people of color, looking at other ways into this medium. And obviously that includes, um, uh, gender fluidity and, um, and, and, uh, uh, all sorts of other, uh, um, and you know, different ages, groups, et cetera. So that's one of the great things about speculative fiction is that it really gives you access to all sorts of aspects of that. Um, and as you say, like the, the performers are even more, you're even more flexible about that with your performers because how they look is irrelevant to how they act. Mm-hmm. I will say also just on that point, You know, one of the things that does excite us about audio drama, and you've already seen this is uh, there's so much amazing A-list talent that have already come in and are performing in these because it's kind of fun for them and you can do it anywhere and they can do it in their bathrobe and it's only a few days of work, et cetera. And also there's some cool roles and interesting writing. Um, So we're excited about plugging in where it makes sense, you know, big names into our, our shows when we're ready to do that. We're still in the scripting phase, but one of the things that I said about that, you know, some things are intuitive and some things aren't, just because you're a big name actor doesn't necessarily mean you're a great, hot voice actor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, I don't know. And, and that's it's an harder. interesting...
1: I, I think it's harder, audio, voice, uh, audio acting. Uh, okay, I'm, I might be biased. I might be biased, but because you, be don't, you, don't have, you don't have all that attendant, everything else, uh, buoying you up it's just you, it's just you and and, well, and my sound making stuff.
2: Yeah, I well, let's just politically say it's different, but it okay, certainly it's is, it's as demanding, right? And okay, in a totally de- different way. And yeah. so, uh, and you can see that, you know, there are some great, amazing actors who when they venture into audio drama, you're kind of like, meh, I don't know. And, you know, that's, has nothing to do with their talent. It has to do with their, their instrument and how much of it is their face and their, as you say, like their, the way they use that their body and their performance, uh, but understated and, and, you know, you lose a lot of that nuance. So that's been an interesting process for us too, is when we're going out with these scripts, um, how do we navigate that? Because saying to no, saying no to like some amazing, Emmy award winning actor because you know, eh, we're just not sure you're right for us. It's like going to be a very, we, if we're lucky enough to be in that position,
1: it will be a very you.
2: interesting process.
1: Thank you. We have cake.
2: <laughs> exactly.
0: You had another question, Mesa, right? About comedy?
1: Oh my question. Do you, I didn't, I didn't see much comedy. Um, uh, and I was wondering if, if that's going to be something that, that you be looking into or, or, um, developing.
2: Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, we're, we're staying away from comedy, uh, outright comedy right now. It is, uh, it is a bit of a different discipline and I'm not actually particularly, uh, I love watching it and, and, uh, uh I admire it, but I'm not really good at developing it. It's a, it's, Requires a different thing. I also think it is a subset, so we're definitely um, looking for a certain uh, in a uh, reverence, maybe uh, a wry uh, tone in, in many of the things we do. But we're not going for full comedy, at least not yet. I think in the not in this first batch, I think uh, it's with just, your strengths. Yeah, I think that's right. I think I think you want to really kind of lean into what you know how to do well,
1: right? Right. So what, what is it that really inspires you? What makes you wake up in the morning and go, Oh my God, I can't wait to work on this one.
2: Uh, I have to say um, working with new writers that are not as experienced. You know, it's always lovely. It's great to work with writers that are so expert at what they do and they bring all this great talent to uh, their ideas, et cetera. But on some level, it's also, you're just basically letting them run, and that's cool, but that's not necessarily challenging me very much. It's letting them do their thing and making sure they have the resources to do it. What's particularly exciting to me, and got harder and harder in television as you as the pressure became bigger and bigger in terms of making sure that you know, you're know you delivering and you're spending all this money, et cetera, is you really do shut out a lot of new writers because you just are unable to give them the, the, the time. Uh, mm-hmm. That they need. And so this has been uh, really exciting to me to work with writers who have something to say, who have an interesting voice, and um, to give them the opportunity to really explore that uh, without the confines of like it has to be 44 and a half minutes long, an hour, and it's got to have five act breaks, and yeah. your protagonist needs to do this by this point in the story, and blah, blah, blah. And they, sh- they also bring in, you know, there's something really refreshing about someone who doesn't have all the rules that they bring in new ideas and perspectives that uh, are great and um, challenge you to go like, oh, that's so cool, and why don't we do it that way? You know, and I, as I mentioned, I, you saw that already happening in some of the uh, cool audio dramas that we were uh, impressed by and inspired by, and I think that that's certainly gets me out of bed in the morning.
1: What your, was your favorite genre growing up? Like, were you always a sci-fi person? Or did you come to it somewhere along the way? Uh,
2: I I was born a sci-fi person. I, I've never, I, I mean, I don't know if you're ever made a sci-fi person. I guess you are. You can, and... I will put it this way. I, I think a lot more people are sci-fi fans than they, they self-identify as. You know, uh, I, certainly we found this to be very true at sci-fi. Uh, when you talk to people and they're like, I don't really like sci-fi. And you say, oh, did you like, Star Wars. Well, yeah, I love Star Wars. I'm like, well, that's science fiction. Uh-huh. you know. Uh, so that's been an interesting thing. I've always loved um, science fiction, fantasy, supernatural. I grew up on Stephen King. I was I'm a self-identified member of the Sci-Fi Book Club of the Month, um, okay. and so really grew up on it. But I will say, never thought that I would uh, – it's not like I then got into this business and I was like, I'm going to make science fiction. It was always like a hobby of mine, right? I just like to read it, um, but it—I think it is one of those things where uh, you gravitate to what you love and what you identify with. And I also love how hard sci-fi is. Um, people think of it as a pulp genre, and that so they're and that so therefore they think it's kind of formulaic and easy, and uh, it's actually harder. It's, mm-hmm. uh, I find it to be the most demanding genre because um, you have to create your own set of rules, those rules have to hold together. They have to be reflective. And it's also very easy to get distracted in science fiction by all the sh- bells and whistles yeah, it and is. lose it's the cool. thread. And yeah. um, ultimately if you're not telling an emotional story that moves people, who cares how cool the robots are, you know? So, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I think that for all those reasons, I really, um, I love it and I love working in it and uh, really have tremendous respect for the people that uh, can do it and do it well.
1: Uh, I agree. Do you think it's it's changed over the years? You think it's it's evolved as a genre?
0: It's more mainstream these days, isn't it? Rather than being the niche it was 20 years ago or 30 years ago. I think it is more ago. mainstream. One hundred percent.
2: No question about it. Right? It, it's gone from this kind of like back of the bus um, genre to um, not just mainstream but uh, well respected. And you know, you have uh, people like uh, Christopher Nolan. Um, yeah. And, and, and you know, uh, uh, Ron Moore and David Icke, who did Battlestar with me. And uh, I mean, you know, you have dozens of examples of, of people that have really elevated the form and really um, in all various iterations. And I, that's very exciting for people like me that have grown up in it.
1: Mm-hmm. Very cool.
0: Exciting we're looking forward to hearing what you've got to bring to us, you know, do you have any projected idea of when you're going to start putting out your first show?
2: Uh, It is kind of the question of the hour, right? We're, uh, we're really hoping to be in production on three or four things by uh, um, the new year, uh, or at least uh, by the, you know, have things out in distribution by uh, the end of the first quarter. So end of uh, March, um, and uh in 2021 so that's the goal um but honestly it really just depends on the progress of our development and it's very mm-hmm. important to for us to get it right so
0: yeah and, and are not, you focus- oh, sorry
2: no no i was just gonna say so we're not putting any you know um
0: hard uh, dates on it
2: yeah precisely
0: are you focusing on series, or are you going to be doing also audio movies, things that are more self-contained?
1: Oh, that's cool.
2: That's a great question. Uh, I hadn't even really heard of audio movies until recently, and I know just now that now, yeah. So oh. I know that that some people are really uh, playing around with that form, which I think is really exciting. Um, all uh, we're basically developing. Um, Series and uh, both um, scripted, mostly scripted, but also a few unscripted shows as well, which we're excited about. Kind of weekly, uh, recurring shows, Um, but most of the shows we're developing are kind of.
1: Sorry, are they are they like conversations talking about audio dramas, or like what what is that?
2: Uh, They're kind of of evenly split now between uh, conversation, like talk shows, uh, Mm -hmm. discussing various aspects of the genre, um, and um, and then more kind of investigative, uh, uh, you know, shows that like look into paranormal evidence or things of that nature. So
0: if you ever do a competition for us old, as, as long haulers who, who, you know, it's like make a show in a week or something, you know, I'm in. <laughs> well, no, it'd be like, it'd be like face off, but for audio drama producers.
2: There you go. <laughs> that's a great, that's a really fun idea. Well, they have that great, they, they have that great, what is it, 24-hour plays? Where-
0: uh, well, they have 11th-hour audio, which just happened, where a bunch of people make a, start from scratch and write and make a show in a month, I think, for Halloween.
2: That's fun. And
0: wow. Yeah, there was a yeah, ton of Yeah, there's a playwright
2: version of that, which is 24-hour plays. Where they- oh,
0: yeah. yeah, and there's movie versions, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. and And game jams and, you know, but... Yeah, that would be fun. Anyway, um, I think we have to let you go because I know you're on a schedule. it
2: was great talking to you guys. I'm
1: looking forward to hearing all these great new shows to add to the great shows we're already listening. So, yeah.
0: Thank you so and, much. Uh, and, you know, I've break a leg or whatever the appropriate term is for, for audio slash video. Ear, yeah. <laughs> an ear, yeah.
2: Bust an eardrum.
0: Bust an eardrum, hey, everybody. <laughs> I'd, rather, I'd rather do something like folia broken ear. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> folia broken leg. There we go. Folia broken
2: enough. leg. There it is. There it is.
0: <laughs> this has been the SFF Audio Podcast. Please join us at www.sffaudio.com and thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, consider becoming a patron at patreon.com/sffaudio.